Welcome to Pain to Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca McKenzie. I'm a millennial Christian influencer, mum, soon to be wife, in Jesus' name, (laughs) student on the barrister training course, and masters of law. My mission is to help you turn your pain into your God-given purpose so you can walk in the greatness God has called you to be. Join me as I take you through my pain and how I have been on the journey of turning that into purpose, including sharing the lessons and the failures. Whilst on this podcast journey, I will also be inviting guests on to share their pain and their journey to walking into their God-given purpose. Welcome back to Pain to Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca McKenzie. Thank you so much to every single one of you who have been supporting us on this journey. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for just the love and just the support and being here. So today we've got an amazing guest on this episode called Peter Woods. Now, I stumbled across Peter on TikTok And I was so moved by one of his videos he shared about his past and just the abuse that he suffered growing up and even how poorly he was treated in the care system. This same video that Peter shared actually went viral and his story has moved so many people and I'm so excited for you guys to hear his story as well. He's been getting so much love and support and this has happened all within the last few weeks, guys, and his videos have just continuously gone viral. I really wanted to get him on here to share his story with you because just like he's moved me, he's moved thousands of people. So I know that he's going to move you as well by your story. As if you've been on this journey with me, you know this podcast is all about sharing your pain and uplifting and helping one another. So um, this is where I'll let you, Peter, take the floor. So why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a bit about who you are and where your story all began. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Peter Peter Woods here. Um, Yeah, it's been the last three weeks have been just like a dream. It's been amazing, been extraordinary. I mean, I posted a post. And it was an innocent post because I really wanted the government of England to see how people are being treated, you know. So it worked out that I only had a, a few cans of fish left for the, for the whole week, yeah. you know. And, and I was trying to eat two cans every day. And um, so I posted it and I didn't think much about it. And then I went to sleep. And then I, I was quite depressed for a few days because, you know, waking up to only fish... <laughs> Is not the best thing in the world, you know, and I had no money. I didn't have much support. Yeah. So then I, w- I woke up and then a friend of mine, he, he called me and said, Peter, you've gone viral. And I didn't really know what that really meant, you know. And then I looked and literally a million and a half people saw that post. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Well, I was just, you know, I was blown away, you know. And then I had, um, then I went from something like on TikTok, I went from two or three friends mm. to something like 21,000 in, wow. in two weeks. 
wow <laughs> that is yes. powerful the, the yeah just social media is just so powerful <laughs> you know and then people were saying right how can we help you you know start is it a wish list or something i knew nothing about the amazon wish list i didn't know what that was yeah. and then people said you know put some list about food or, or whatever you want and then i made a little list of 15 things i think it was you know and then before long um uh, i had this some guy from amazon call me because yeah. i was at, i was actually on the bus going somewhere he said peter i'm outside your house with a um, a van full of gifts, I said no. full of gifts. Wow! Full? So anyway, so I had to get off the bus. I rushed back home. He lucky enough, he waited, and it took it. I mean, he, he helped me, but it took us an hour to bring all the gifts uh, in 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 the flat. Wow. You know, wow. and I was just, and I was just blown away with all these gifts. I mean. The whole place was full of gifts. As, as I say, if, if you look at my profile, you will see the uh, the video of all the gifts. And yeah. it was just it was just amazing, the humanity, the kindness, the sweetness of people. And more than that, it was it was words as well. Because, you know, I'm not used to kind words at all because, you know, I grew up with uh, no kind words. I grew up with no touching unless they wanted to beat me. I grew up with uh, with nothing except clothes and food. You know, I mean, I had to go, I had to go to to speech therapy at seven to learn to speak because I wasn't speaking properly. You know, wow. I mean, that was how badly I was neglected. You know, so to get these presents, but with kind words, I sat there reading the words, crying the whole day because people were saying nice things about me, and it was wonderful. That's beautiful. I know that I've definitely seen a few of your videos where you were sharing the gifts and showing people and you cried in some of the videos and obviously it honestly it moved me it made me cry so I was like oh my god like I actually could feel your emotions through this video and just how much it meant to you and it was just so moving so I know that that's you've just moved all these people that have sent you all these gifts and that's why they've just felt led to do that because you've touched their hearts um because you're clearly just an amazing individual with a humble heart you've had an unfortunate past which we're going to go into um which you'll kindly you mentioned you want to kindly share um but it's it is a lot that you've been through but people want to give back to you now they what they they want to know more about you they want to know your story they've hit, heard parts of your story and and they want to give back to you they want to show you the love and support that you lost all those years so yes, yeah that's beautiful we well, you know, it, it's a story which I didn't really want to tell because yeah. it, it's so full of pain. It's not it's not a fairy tale. It's a horror story, you know, and it is a horror story from from eight months, you know. So it's something I have to I mean, the only way I could handle it is not think about it and not talk about it, you know. Yeah. But the, but then there comes a stage, you know, I'm 62 now, mm. you know, and there comes a stage where you want to heal. But also, it comes a stage where, you know, you want to tell people what happened so it doesn't happen to anybody else. Yeah, definitely. And did you feel like it was hurting you more by holding it in? Like, was it, did you feel that it, you know, hurt you more, yeah, by holding that in and not talking about it? Well, I don't think it was hurting me more because from my toes to the top of my head, I'm full of trauma and drama. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm full. The whole body, my, all, all my atoms, 
every molecule within me is trauma you know and it comes to a point where you know i've got brain uh, now i have a brain tumor i mean who knows who knows if that's caused because of the trauma you know but i i think there comes a stage where you know i i need to accept it if i'm going to get better if i'm going to move on if i'm going to have a happy life i need to accept it and i just you know now i'm at the stage where i accept it i yeah. embrace it i have to live with it but i also need to heal yeah and and the only way i'm going to heal the only way i'm going to heal is by telling it and releasing it to the world yeah no 100% i think that's beautiful and that's that is amazing and that's what we we do on this podcast you know sharing our pain and speaking up speaking our truth and that's all a part of the healing journey isn't it it's all a part of healing it speaking up and not keeping it in anymore whether it's whether you know we feel like it's hurting us more or not hurting us more either way speaking up actually helps us with that healing journey and like you've mentioned accepting it embracing what it happened and it's all about addressing the past addressing the pain and saying okay right this happened to me however this is how I'm going to move forward and your way of doing that is speaking out about it and there are probably so many people that you are helping just even just the few videos that you've shared already so I can't imagine how many more people that you are going to help with many many more videos and many more podcasts and everything that you are going to do and just you being out there more and sharing your story you are going to set so many people free so yeah. yes yes well the most important person to set free is me first of course. You know? once I can do that you know and then I think I will be happier and I will yeah. be I'll be a lot more at peace because right now, you know, with all the degradation that happened and all the spitefulness and all the wickedness, you know, um I'm I'm not really happy, you know, because I never really smiled that much. And uh, I just feel I just feel the heaviness of all the blows, you know. Yeah. Not only the physical blows, but the mental blows, you know. It was it, it it was blow after blow after blow for years and years and years. I mean me personally, I've been through thousands of blows, and every yeah. blow, you know, and every blow is hard because you know they started so young, and yeah. I had to kind of, and I had to pick myself up. There was nobody to give me a hug. There was nobody to give me love, and me, I'm all about love. You know, I'm I'm extremely sensitive. Mm -hmm. I'm extremely into love. You know, mm -hmm. and the the one thing I craved was just for some to give me a hug and to someone to love me and say Peter it's gonna be okay wow that's powerful yeah you know definitely no that's amazing um yeah we we all are seeking for that that bit of love and it's it's very unfortunate that you had to go through that in life and all you wanted was just love all you just wanted was a hug and that's not too much to ask for but no. fortunately you didn't receive that um do you want to tell us like where it all started? You've mentioned that it started about eight months old. So do you want to take us through that and where yes, it started? Of course. Of course. Well, um, my dad, I believe, tried to kill my mum. Wow. And uh, resulting in five of us being put into care, the sister and and me and the other four. Yeah? Wow. So, yeah. Um, but I was too young to go into the children's home because I was only eight months. So I think I, I first went to a nursery for a year and a half, two years. Okay. And then I joined 
my brothers in a home in North London, uh, Muswell Hill. And it was a small home and it was kind of a nice home. It was, um, it was about 12 boys yeah. and, and uh, members of staff. So it was um, a detached house mm-hmm. and it was in a quiet street. And um, so, I was, so I was brought up there for the first 11 years. Wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. And and it actually felt like a home, you know. Yeah. We all we all got on. Yeah. Uh, most, most of us were black, but there yeah. was one or two white children there. But yeah. we all got on very well and it was a lovely home for eleven years. And I kind of felt safe. I mean, I was sad yeah. because there was no love, yeah. but it was the nearest I would get to a home. Yeah. No, I hear and that. and my dad used to come mm-hmm. at least at least once or twice a year to visit us. Okay. And it, and it was a time I looked forward to. My dad was coming. Mm-hmm. I talked about it. My social worker said he was coming. I was so happy. Yeah. But then but then he didn't turn up, wow. you know? Wow. And then when he didn't turn up, I was devastated. I mean, I was, you know, I was very yeah. upset. And it even hurts me now to think about it because, so you sad. know, I mean, I, you know, I was told by my social workers he was coming and we all got excited, all four of us, especially me. Mm-hmm. And then four o'clock come and he didn't come, five o'clock come and he didn't come. And then we realised he wasn't coming. Wow. And then and then I just had to go upstairs and cry on my bed because, you know, I, I, I really wanted to see him and he didn't come. And this happened about five or six times, you know, and every time my heart was broke more and more and more. And I just said one day to my social workers, I said, can you help me write a letter to my dad? I was about six. And he, and he said, yes. And I just wrote a few words of dad, you know, what's happened? I'm, I'm waiting for you to come. And my heart is broken every time you don't come. Are, are you going to come or not? And, oh. and then, and then he, he, he managed to get it to my dad. And my dad replied, well, he's working night shifts now and he finds it hard to come. Plus he's got a new family, you know? Right. And, and then when my social worker told me that, then I started crying because he had a new family now. So that means that he doesn't care for me, oh, you know? Yeah. And, this, and this happened a few times. And so that was just another another lot of trauma. Every time he said he'd come, he'd never come. Mm. You know? And, and then my mum, she moved to Germany, I believe, in the 60s. Okay. And, was doing, and was doing exotic dancing. Okay. So now, did you not see her at all? Or... Well, no, no, no. Well, the thing with her is she made an effort to come and see us as well a couple of times a year. Right, okay. But but she actually turned up. Okay. <laughs> she yeah. actually turned up, which was lovely. So when she came, oh, my God, we hugged her and kissed oh. her. Mum, I missed you. Where have you been? Why have you let me down? I love you. Can we be a family again? Oh. Peter, calm down. Peter, Peter, calm down, calm down, calm down, oh. calm down. You know, You're so young, and you just want yeah. your mum. Yeah. yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted my mum. That's what I wanted. I didn't want nothing else. Just give me my mum. Yeah, you know. Aww. So anyway, she come, and she always took us out and spent loads of money of us. Whatever we wanted, we used to go to the shop. She buy us shoes. Uh-huh. She bought me a guitar. You know, she buy me clothes. Whatever we wanted, and it was really nice being treated. Nice being yeah. treated. You know, being spoiled. You know, because up yeah. to that point none of us have been spoiled you know yeah so this happened about five or six times and she come to visit us and it was so lovely but as i say she was an exotic dancer in other words but i did see pictures of her later on and i think she was more than than an exotic dancer if you know what i mean you oh, know yeah okay yeah I you know 
but 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 I mean, uh, um, so she come in the early days. So my dad used my dad and mum come sometimes in for the first like six or seven, no, up to about ten. Yeah, up to about ten. Okay, and and then from this children's home in Muswell Hill, of I was there for eleven years, and as I say, I mean, the best thing about that children's home was they used to. Um, Birthdays were kind of nice because they always made a cake for us. Yeah. You know? Christmases, they always made an effort. I mean, we used to get up on Christmas morning yeah. and the pillowcase at the end of our bed was full of presents. Oh, that's I mean, cool. full of presents. Downstairs, there was a Christmas tree and, and we used to all put the decorations up and it really, they really made an effort for us on Christmas. Yeah. You know? and, and I was always confused. Uh, especially later on, I thought to myself, how comes mm. the pillowcase, how comes the pillowcase is full of presents? And I would later find out, many years later, like only a few years ago, that the staff, mm. they, right, they all used to put a portion of their wages away oh. every month for, mm. so they could buy us presents for Christmas. Isn't that oh, great? That's so kind. I've literally just got shivers. That is so yeah. kind. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. And I only found that out uh, four or five years ago, and I was blown away, and I thought to myself, they really did care for us. Yeah. Oh. You know? Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so Christmas is, Christmas is in, in 82 were always good, and birthdays were good. Yeah. And also, and also, we went on holiday once a year for a week or two to a Skedness or to uh, Pontins or Butlins, you know. So they really did sometimes, you know, make an effort for us in that home. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, that's so lovely. So was your whole experience, you said up to 11, was you, would you say that that period of your life, although it's very unfortunate you've been in the care system, but do you feel like in that home that it was, they made it as as loving and homely as they could and just, you know, made you all feel like a part of the family as they as much as they could between that period or what well I wouldn't go as far as that because there okay. was no hugs no kind words you know no kind of stuff like that right but okay. so but it, it seems on Christmases and birthdays they did bring a bit of love and care into the situation which was nice right okay okay yeah you, you know but 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 that is all nice but I would rather have had a hug and had kind words and love and affection. Yeah. For the whole year, not only for just special days. It doesn't make any sense for me, you know? Yeah. No, of course. No, I completely understand that. So, um, oh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. So day to day, basically, you didn't really get that love that you needed. You didn't get mm. that affection or, you mm. know, that what you want for your parents, basically. because. Yeah the care system was basically your parents at that time. Yeah. They didn't give you that either. And even when you were seeking that out, yeah, that's no, really and, unfortunate. And the worst thing, and, and one of the worst things about being in care is you um, let one of the carers in your heart, you let them into your yeah. heart. And then a year later they leave. And it's like, it's like your mum leaving you again. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this, I mean, this, I was always in a state of, bereavement or pining bereavement because one of the carers left who was like a mother yeah and pining because one of the children left you know yeah so it was always people coming in and coming out I mean it was it, I was always pining and always very sad because you know people were coming in and going out 
and um, I felt like left behind and I felt lost and I felt like you know why is everybody leaving or going why can't someone just stay and love me so it was very it was just a horrible time because yeah there there was no there was nothing there for me to hold on to that that would keep me grounded if you know what I mean of course yeah and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to you and being and, and then being very sensitive on top of that, I mean, I'm extreme. I found that later on. Mm. Um, I only found that again later on that I'm born a highly sensitive person. Wow. Not not sensitive, highly sensitive, which is a trait that only fifteen yeah. percent of the population have. Wow. And it means, um, basically, it means emotions are wired not in the same way. You know. Wow. We, we experience everything more profoundly, more stronger, different yeah. dimensions for longer, more powerful, it lingers longer. And we just interpret our emotions in a complete different way than most people. It's a very lonely place to be because nobody understands. Yeah, no. They think, they think I'm being dramatic. Right, yeah. They think I'm being oversensitive. Wow. They think I'm being a crybaby. Yeah, that's not fair. When, when I'm not being any of them, I'm just being real to my emotions are very, very acute. They're highly tuned. I can see things and notice things that nobody could ever notice or see. It's almost like having a sixth sense. It's so powerful. It's strong, you know, yeah. but but it's in me. It's I'm born that way. And, and people, you, you know, most people can't comprehend the levels of, of the depths of my, of my um, sensitivity. It's mad. Yeah. Wow. So not only did you just have general normal needs as a child, love mm. and affection, you also mm. needed that extra support, that extra those other yes. needs because of the um high Sen- the sensitivity, sensitivity. That you had, sensitivity. the needs that you had. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so sorry and you didn't deserve any of that. that no, no, it was every day, every day, to be honest, was torture. Every day, every day, I was profoundly sad. I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And nobody understood. And nobody cared. My social workers, I mean, you know, they call it the care system. And it, it's, yeah. ironic they, they, it's ironic they call it that because there was no care, no nurturing. It was pure degradation, pure desert, you know? Yeah. And it was hard. It was hard. I mean, you know, when I look back now, Mm-hmm. I have no idea how that young boy got through that situation. I mean, I could not have got through that on by myself. You know, I'm always thinking of that prayer called Footprints in the Sand. Yeah. Okay. Now, it, mu- it must have been Footprints in the Sand because I, somebody carried me. Someone's been carrying me for all that system, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. I think just like if any carers are listening out here, up to this episode and just you know hearing his pain and his voice and you know just what he's been through in the care system and that's not even half of what he has been through in life that he's going to share but just the hope that you hear that it's just so important just to just simply to be kind to someone to just share kind words you know just that love you can show love in many different ways just a simple hug a simple well done today or good morning like how are you feeling today just simple things like that you don't understand how much you mm. really positively impact someone's life so you know just to any carers out there that are listening 
um just go that extra mile you know and i say an extra mile because it's not even an, a mile that you take it's just a, it's just a few words it's just a few steps it's just and you know this it doesn't cost us anything to be kind to just show love my school report my school report right yeah. this is it right it said peter does not respond to formal discipline but the moment you show him any kindness you have him eating out of your hand wow and that's how it's been to this day you can be as mean to me and as horrible as you want i'm used to it i've had it all my life but yeah. the moment you show me any kindness i will start crying oh and that's that because you haven't had that and that's because i don't know i don't know kindness yeah wow. i've never had kindness wow. you know kindness touches me because because it's never been there and I'm a very kind person and I will give you the shoes and I'll give you everything I have because I know how important it is to be kind to people who are less fortunate yeah. right because so that's that's installed of me that's inside of me so yeah. when people so when people are kind to me yeah. you can normally you can normally tell when people have been abused as a child because when they receive kindness they cry everybody does yeah. because we're not used to it I hear that but we crave for it and we wanted it and we never got it. So when I had all these presents, I mean, my my um TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. Go and have a look there. You see me, I'm always crying, in it. Yeah. I'm crying yeah, at least I'm crying, I'm crying at least five or six times, but I'm happy to cry because I'm being real. I never yeah. had my I've never once hid my tears from anybody. Mm -hmm. Never. I've never apologized for them and I've never hid them because I'm human, I'm entitled to have my feelings. Yeah, and if, if anybody walked in my shoes, they would know my feelings come from pain, but come from my heart, come from my soul. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that. And you didn't deserve any of that, and you deserve mm. kindness, you deserve love. And mm. I just hope and pray that you just continue to get that, and people continue to just overwhelm you with so much love and just so much kindness that you deserve so yeah and well you know what deep. you know what i mean this month right this yeah. month when i've had all this love from i've had you know all this love and kind word this month has really lifted my spirits oh, you know i mean i I'm, i was just thinking these last couple of days you know this thing i've been carrying for 62 years has been heavy yeah. on my soul yeah. and uh I don't smile that much. I don't laugh that much, and I don't, and I'm not really that happy because of I'm carrying all this pain, right? But I was thinking today that I'm actually feeling a bit lighter. I'm oh. feeling a, I'm feeling a bit more, um, well, happy-ish, you know? Oh yeah. And that's a big, and that's a, and that's a big move from where I have been these last sixty-two years. Yeah, 100%. I'm so, so happy to hear that you are feeling lighter. And mm. I just pray that you just continue to feel lighter and you continue to just grow in your healing because that's yeah. that's to hear. I know that you mentioned um, when you were in the care system, you mentioned that till 11. So did you leave at 11 years old? Well, no. Yes. Oh, my God. Now this, is, now, this is where things turn. I mean, things were bad. Yeah. But this, is, this is where things go from bad to worse. Wow, okay. If, if that's possible. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't think it's possible after that. But no. So what happened was um, the care, the person in charge of 82 left. 
it's and, 82 and, your care home. Yeah, 82 Muswell Avenue. Okay. That, that, that was the home, yeah, 82 yeah. Muswell Avenue. Mm -hmm. So the, the person in charge of that, she left after four years, and I was extremely sad. I mean, she told me in the bath, while I was having a bath, she said, yeah. Peter, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. I said, I said uh, leaving where? What are you doing? She yeah. said, uh, she said, no, I'm, I'm actually leaving. I'm, I'm going to leave you. And oh my God, I was so devastated. I cried yeah. and cried because it was like my mother leaving me. You know, she, she was yeah. caring for me. And but she said, no, but I'm going to come and take you, and, and I'm going to come and take you out every now and then. You know, so yeah. she used to come for the first five or six months, and then all of a sudden I didn't see her anymore. You know, so anyway, so when she left. Then a new person come, Mr. and Mrs. Hines, okay. yeah? Mm -hmm. And they come, and then the whole atmosphere changed of the home, you know? Was we were scared of we, no, 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 we were scared of him because oh. he, was, he was very abrasive. And when the news come on, when the news come on, he told us all to be quiet. And if any of us talked, he used to, he used to call us to come over to him and get his knuckles and hit us on the head hard. Oh. You oh, know, no. yeah, you see, he hit us oh. on the head hard, and we never experienced any violence in that home. So it's all of a sudden now I'm experiencing violence. It's a violent man yeah. in the house, and we were all terrified of him. You know, he was he had mean look, and he the voice was horrible, and we were shivering and shaking every time he came home. As soon as we knew he was home, we was all huddling together in the corner, like really scared. You know, mm. and um, he just changed the whole atmosphere, and his wife was just as horrible. So one one day I was going to school and I'm not sure what happened, but I had an argument with her, mm. right? And it ended up me and her on the floor, right? And mm. she she was quite big, so she actually squashed me on the floor with a big fat bum, and I was trying to get her off and screaming and shouting at her anyway. Yeah. She then I went to school. I went to school and. The moment I come back to school, I walked in through the back way, like I've always done for 11 years. Mm. And I walked by the TV room, three big men come and just grab me. What? Grab, yeah, three big men grab me and start pulling me to the front door. I'm crying. I'm terrified. Who are these people? What's going on? They grabbed me and pushed me into the door and they manhandled me into the car. One sat beside me, one sat the other side, the other one started driving. I said, what's going on? I was screaming and shouting, what's going on? They wouldn't say anything. I was scared. I didn't know what was going on. These are big men pushing me from my home. I couldn't take my clothes. I couldn't say goodbye to my brothers. I couldn't say goodbye to anybody. They, I was crying and I was very, very scared. Anyway, basically they were social workers yeah. and they, they were taking me to a new home because I had to fight with her in the morning. And yeah. she said, no, she said, I can't handle him anymore. I can't handle him. He's got to go. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so they they grabbed me and they, I, I, was, I was being kidnapped by the state and I was terrified yeah. and I'm still and I'm still traumatized to this day because that day for my can you imagine being in your home and coming from school and three big men just grab you and put you in your car? How terrified are you going to be? Yeah, that's definitely traumatizing. I'm oh, so uh, uh, ter terrible! And then they dragged me to another home at halfway up Muswell Hill called Grove Lodge. It's called Grove Lodge and it's halfway up Muswell Hill. And it's a bigger home. The boys were older mm -hmm. and they dumped me there and I was terrified. I Again, the boys were not nice to me because oh. I was the youngest there and I was crying and I was terrified and there was nobody who knew me there. The staff wasn't nice. They were cold. It was just, it was just terrible, 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 terrible. I didn't know what to do. 
I went to bed and then the boys come and pistol all over me. They took the, the <gasps> pistol. Yeah, they pistol all over me and it was just, it was a horrible. And I just oh, didn't know what to do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. So, so I ended up running away. I ended up running away after a couple of days, you know, because I oh. couldn't take it. I couldn't take it anymore. And then I ran away, and um, and then they put me in. And then the police fought, found me on the street a couple of days later. I was scared. I was on the street. I slept in some cardboard box. Oh, my you know, God. I was trying to slept in some cardboard box for a day, and then it was cold and I was hungry. And I saw a police car, so I kind of pulled them down. I was, I was about 11 at the time, so I pulled them down, and they said they were looking for me because I was reported missing. And oh. then and then they, they put me in some other home. I don't know where it was. It was far away, and it was horrible again. It wasn't, wasn't nice. It was terrible, and I was in that home, didn't know anybody, and felt just, well, I just felt... So the third home you've been moved to at this point now. Yeah, third wow. time in a few weeks. So they put me in this other home, mm-hmm. and um, I was there for about six weeks. And yeah. then my social worker come with another man, and they said, right, he said, Peter, we found another home for you. Mm-hmm. And you know when you see the dogs in Battersea home, and he's cowering in the corner? Mm-hmm. That was me. That was me, cowering in the corner. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I had enough. Mm-hmm. I'd been traumatized. I didn't go anywhere else. I didn't trust anybody. Nobody was nice to me, so I was cowering in the corner. And they bring mm-hmm. these men, they bring these men, and said, oh, "Peter, okay, we're going to take you somewhere else now." I said, "No, I don't want to go. I'm going to stay here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm can't do anything." Yeah, you've been so traumatized. No, yeah, the whole thing's been traumatized. My whole my, my whole life has been, you know. So anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm in the corner. I'm in the corner shaking, and they're coming to me and they're trying to talk to me. And then I say, "No, I'm not going. I don't want to go." And then the the man who's in charge, Mr. White, who's in charge. He kneeled down to me and he was talking to me very softly and very nicely. And after about half an hour, I kind of said, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'll go then. Okay, but, you know, please treat me properly, you know, because uh, I'm, you know. So anyway, we all got in the car mm. and we drove to this new home in Potter's Bar called Grove, called um, Norfolk Place. Yeah. Norfolk, it was called Norfolk Place then. So anyway, so we got in the car and we drove to Norfolk Place. But when I was in the car, he was. I was sitting next to him, and he was talking to me, and he seemed okay. I was feeling like, okay, well, he seems like a nice man, you know. Yeah. Talking to me nice, and I think he's going to be okay. And he told me about the home. He said the home was really nice, and there's other boys my age in there. So I thought, okay, well, it sounds nice. So I got my confidence up a little bit, and then we drove. It took us about three hours to get there. So then we drove, and I saw the home, and it was like a big stately home. I mean, it was lovely, massive. I've never been yeah. in such a big home. But wow. it had character. It looked it looked lovely. One of them big yeah. stately homes you see on, on TV, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so we drove there, and um, we said, I said goodbye to my social workers, and then I was left with, with Mr. White. Anyway, mm-hmm. he, showed me, he showed me around the house and the grounds, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is very nice. And we had something to eat. And then yeah. he said to me, he said to me, would you like a bath? Would you like to have a bath? And I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I said, I'm okay. He said, no, I think you need to have a bath. I said, no, no, I'm okay. He said, yes, come and have a bath. So he, he was kind of pressuring me to have a bath and I didn't really want to, but I was scared to say no in case I go back to the other home. Yeah. 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 So I said, I said, okay, I'll have a bath. And then I went upstairs, he showed me the bath and then he said, can I stay and watch you have a bath? 
and oh I and I was like and I was like well uh, uh um um I didn't know what to say oh. and you know I was a little bit scared you know he was standing over me and he said yeah so he, and then I said oh I said okay I mean if you want you know yeah. anyway and then he went to get a chair and he sat down and then he watched me take my clothes off and I was like we'll try not to take my clothes off but then I had to take my clothes off because I need to get up a bath anyway. Yeah. So I, I I took I took my clothes off and then I got into the bath and I just sat there and he was staring at me and I was trying not to stare back. But then I caught his eye a few times and he and then he said to me, "Oh, can I help you wash?" And I was like, uh, "Um, well, um, I'm okay." But then yeah. then he got but then he got up and come to help me wash and then he started to you know to wash me and um, you know I. I I can't get into the rest of it, but um, the abuse started as soon as I got there, basically, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Peter. That, that, just hearing all of that already, that is such a traumatic experience that you've been through. And I'm so, so sorry. And I just want you to know that you're so brave for obviously speaking up about all of this. And, and just, yeah, just having the bravery to speak up. So thank you so much for kind yeah. Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's 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 healing me. See, I've kept yeah. all this in for sixty-two years, and it's eaten me alive. Wow, wow, yeah, wow. No, that's that's a, a powerful story. So you mentioned that the abuse started at that point. Um, mm. I mean, if you want to share anything, you can. If you don't, if you don't want to, you don't. Well, to I, I mean, I mean, that was only the start of it. I mean, I'm afraid to say because. When yeah. that happened, you know, that happened a few times. And then and then um it was my twelfth birthday yeah. and one of the other carers, he said to me, Peter, would you like to come into my room? I've got a present for you, you know? So I was excited to get a present, you know what I mean? So yeah. I went I went into his room and then he, he locked the door behind me and um it, um that's when I got raped by um this particular carer when I was twelve. I mean I was raped by him, you know, and um, that uh, that day I lost the power to smile and to laugh again for many, many decades. Wow. You know? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that you've been through that. So just your whole experience then in that, well, in the whole care system was just horrible. But then particularly, you would say, when it was at its worst, was in the third home. Yeah, well, well, once I left 82, then mm. all hell broke loose. For for the rest of the six or seven years, it was just degradation on degradation, you know? Yeah. Um, once I got raped by, by the other guy there, um, then I left there. I left there again after about uh, a year there. Did I you left report there. it? What happened? What, what caused you to leave? Like, did well, you, was there someone that found out? No, 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 no. But how that happened was it was the same kind of thing, right? I I um woke up one morning, mm -hmm. and one of the carers said, "Oh, Peter, you are leaving today." I said, "Excuse me, leaving where? You're going somewhere else?" And again, I was like shocked. Wow. Because, because that home I actually liked, you know, I felt kind of safe apart from not safe, but. It was a kind of, I made friends there with all the other children. And I had yeah. some very, you know, so they were my friends, you know. Okay. And um, so when they come and said, you're leaving, I said, no, I'm not going. So I was crying again. And I would, didn't want to leave. And I was, uh, you know, but then I saw a police car that was in the drive. Oh, and then I got scared. I thought, oh, maybe they come for me. 
you know, maybe they're going to take me somewhere. So then, so then I got in the car and I went, and then they drove me to another home up in Brighton, near Brighton, near Horsham, called uh, St Thomas More. It was St Thomas More Approved School, you know. And it was a big, it was a big school of about 150 boys. Oh wow! So you went from three homes, and then so the third home you ended up being taken out from as well and then that's when yeah. you went to the school yeah St wow. Thomas St Thomas More School it was run by kind of priests priests priest and priest kind of people you know it was a, a religious kind of a school we had to go to church and, and this and that and um, you know this and that but sorry was it like a boarding school you know yeah it was, it, it was a boarding school yeah so it was right. a boarding school you know so we had to live there and um, then I got there and uh, that wasn't nice. Again, again, there was a lot of abuse, and uh, you know they called me some terrible names. And um, they, I remember one of them punched me in the face for no reason and broke my nose. Oh. And um, you know I was scared of them all. And uh, I don't want to get into all that, but it was just, yeah, it was just um, a horrible place. I was there for about a year and a half. Yeah. And and then I. I left there all of a sudden again, all of a sudden, it all, it all happens all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. So I left there again and then I went to another home up in Crouch End called, um, uh, I, forget the name, I forget the name of it. But anyway, I went to this other home that was kind of, that was kind of nice. That was okay. I was about 15, I was about 15 now. I was about 15 now and I went in the other home and it was kind of, it was kind of okay as it goes. There wasn't any abuse there, yeah. and the staff the staff treated me okay, and the food was nice. Yeah, and um, it was it was a nice house. No, I was there for about eight months, and then I got chucked out of there. They chucked me out of there because I was a bit mm-hmm. um, a bit of a handful, you know. Because because after all the abuse, I don't trust anybody, of and course. I don't take and I don't take kind I don't kind of um, you know, I don't obey rules as much as I should do. I've always yeah. had that thing, you know. So they checked me out. They checked me out there when I was about fifteen, mm. and then they put me in hotel rooms. Wow! You wow! You went, so how old were you at this point when you went to oh, went into hotel rooms? I was about fifteen and a half, sixteen. Wow! And then how long were you in there for? What happened after that point? Well, I was in hotel rooms. I, I stayed in about fifteen hotels, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was I was in hotels until I was eighteen, until I left care. Wow, mm. that is a, a hell of a, an experience, Peter. And again, I'm just truly sorry that you've been through all of that. It is a lot to go through, and I know it's hard to see. You know. Who cares about you in that moment? Is there anyone who loves me? Does anyone see me? Um, and obviously as well, it's, you know, also you question, where was God in this? You know, exactly. where was he? And and it's really mm. hard to see that. And I, I totally understand and sympathize. Um, and I think it's really hard to comprehend and just, yeah, just understand where that God was there, that he, and that mm. he hates abuse, that he, you know, abuse is a form of mm. oppression and, and God hates that. He wants us to live free from fear and oppression and, and he is by our side, but, you know, I can see why we would question, but why, how? 
And but the thing is, you know, God, God does love us. He cares about us so much and he knows everything that you've been through and he cares about you so much. And and I just hope and just pray that you just continue to just on your healing journey, however that is that you decided to, to do and take that path. Um, but I'm just so glad that you feel that you're at that point now to speak out about it. You know, you've been carrying it for so long and that's a lot to carry on your shoulders. That is some heavy, heavy burdens to carry on your shoulders. And, yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very hard. I mean, you know, when you think of the Lord God, you know, God, where was he? Yeah. You know, he saw what was going on. He saw the degradation. He saw the abuse. He saw, he knows my heart. He knows who I am. He knows my sensitivity. How could this be? Where yeah. is he? I felt deserted. I felt abandoned. I felt yeah. worthless. I didn't even feel human. I wasn't treated like a human. This is God yeah. we're speaking about, you know? Yeah. Where is he? So for me, you know, it, I, have, I mean, it was very hurtful when I even heard that word God, you know? Yeah. When I even heard that word, I thought, yeah. God? I thought, how can someone talk to me about yeah. God? You know, yeah. and even now, and even now, you know, now it's not too bad because I'm realizing yeah. a lot of things. But yeah. when you're young, you don't realize these things. The only thing, the only thing you realize is the situation you're living in from day to day. Yeah. You know, so in them days, I was mad with God. I was angry with God. You yeah. know, I thought, I thought He knows because God knows my heart. Yeah. You know, He knows my soul, and He knows that I am a beautiful person inside. He knows that. And without any doubt, my heart is beautiful. So yeah. even though even though what I've been through, that's the most amazing thing. Right this minute now, my yeah. heart is beautiful. I still I still have love for everybody. Yeah. I'm not I'm not bitter, but yeah. I am sad. You know. Yeah. But one thing I made sure through mm -hmm. all the sadness for all the adversity, for all the beatings, for all the degradation, I made one thing that I was never, ever going to be a nasty person. Yeah, that's amazing. I was never, ever going to be a person that shows the degradation. When I meet people, nobody knows my past because I, I, I don't allow people to see that. The only people who know my past are my friends, yeah. you know? So I'm proud. I'm proud of that. But the thing is, once I left the care, you know, the whole thing behind, my yeah. life, there's, there's, there's things that happen. What do you call them? It's like when you chuck a pebble into the, the sea, mm -hmm. there's ripples, no? Yeah. And going through the care system, there's yeah. been many ripples that have affected my life even to this day because of all that. Yeah. I understand. Would you say it's like you felt like you were going through this cycle of abuse and just this, like you said, everything was just having a ripple effect and it was just this continuous cycle that wasn't ending. Is that how you felt in that moment throughout those years? Well, well it's just been, you know, when I look back at my life now, you know, it's just been chaos, bedlam, madness, nastiness, hurtfulness the whole way through. Yeah. I mean, the situations I've been in, you know, and... There's one thing about people who have been in care that is always always very strong, and that is yeah. we crave to be loved. We yeah. look for love. 
And that has been the number one thing. When I left the care system, right, I had never been touched in a loving way by anybody. And I always wanted that. I wanted someone to love me. And yeah. so when I got older, you know, and I went out into the world, I I craved to to be loved. You know, that's yeah. that's the number one thing. And that got me in a lot of that got me in some very hot water down the road. I mean, some of the stories, I'm not sure if I can tell you on here, but just mm. take it from me. Some of the stories are so horrendous about what happened to me, love, you know. My mm. first love, the first love come into my life uh when I was 34. So I had to mm. wait, I had to wait 34 years for another human being to touch me in a loving way. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Peter, I'm so sorry that you've been through all of that and that mm. you never received the love that you you needed. And mm. I think the amazing thing is, is that you did one day did receive the love that you felt that you needed. And, you know, it, it, it starts from there, doesn't it? It's just that that healing journey, that receiving that love. And I think what's so beautiful with everything that you've said is that you made sure that you still had a good heart. You made sure that you wasn't nasty to anyone, regardless of what you went through. And I think that's something you should be very, very proud of, Peter, that you you continue to have that heart. Um, and I'm honestly, that that's moved my heart. That Because, you know, there's so many people that do become bitter. There's so many people mm. that do become really angry and, and just, you know, they have this hard heart. Um, mm. But one thing I just want to, point out as well is just that you know all of those people that abused you and hurt you remember it was them that did this to you not God and and I like I said I totally understand and sympathize and hear what you were saying you know where was God in all this where Mm. was he but he wasn't the one hurting you and he wants to heal you he wants to help you no but I I know that but but he should have been rescued me he should have come to rescue me he should have sent down legions of angels he should have been there to, to to pick me up you know, to give me something. There was nothing to eat. Yeah. There was nothing to eat except dirt, you know? Yeah. And and uh, so that's why I'm, um, you know, that's why as a young boy, I thought, yeah. where are the legions of angels to protect me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I completely understand. And I think sometimes, sometimes in life, even with my own journey and, and others I hear, I don't understand why certain things happen the way that they do I don't understand why certain things happen to me what happens to others what happens to you you know I can't sit here and say this is why this happened this mm. is why God didn't do this or do that but mm. I think it's under for me on my journey it was understanding that actually God sees it all God still loves us and actually it's not him that's the one that's hurting us and he wants to love us he wants to protect us he wants to um, show us that love sorry because he loves us he wants to show us that love he wants to protect us he wants to help us he wants to provide comfort yeah, but, yes no yeah. I, I know what you're saying but think about god yeah i've yeah. worked out myself think about god he has a plan for everybody yeah everybody he has a plan for everybody if you like it or not yeah. and what what i've worked out right now yeah. is god put me through all that all that pain all that hurt he put me through all that because he wants me to tell my testimony to the world. He wants me to tell my story. That can only be the reason. Yeah. There's, no, there's no other reason why I went through that. If there is something that is powerful and strong and yeah. made us all, he made me 
uh, strong with great resilience. Yeah. Right? But all, but also resilience is born into me. You can't yeah. go through that and not be resilient. You know. But but God, I believe now He yeah. wants me to tell my story. He wants me to bear it all and to just give my truth to people because He knows and I know it's helping loads and loads of people. The messages I get now from all over the world, I had one the other day from a guy in care and he yeah. said, Peter, you really lifted my spirits. You know, I'm in the care system right now and I'm being abused. And after hearing your story, you know, I really, really know I'm going to be okay. You know, I had another person that said to me, Peter, I've been on drugs for many, many years because of my childhood. And when I heard what you've gone through, I know I can make it. You know, so I'm getting messages. And when I get messages like this, I know my purpose now. You know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know and that's why I've got a GoFundMe on uh, on my page on Peter Woods 4511. Yeah. And it's because I'm trying to get uh, my books published. Yeah. You know, this is the biggest thing now. Uh, I, I want to get a ghostwriter, someone to tell my story. Because what I've told you so far, it's only mm. the best bits. It's only mm. the best bits. I mean, believe you when I say, if I was to tell you the whole story, you'd be shocked at what happened. I mm. mean, it's it's really been it's been a life full of of mountains to climb, hurdles to overcome, uh, oceans to swim. I've walked in deserts and I've been all on my own for the most of it, you know. But I'm lucky. But I'm lucky that God made me in in uh, in a very unusual way. Not only um, am I very sensitive? But he also put strength in me. I'm extremely strong. I'm extremely strong in uh, in mind as well. So he put yeah. two things so powerful inside of me. I'm resilient. I'm stubborn. You know, I'm loving, and um, I've got red lines that I will not cross. You know, so I'm a man of great conviction as well, and I proved that many times. You know, so yeah. he he put, he put stuff in me and made me a certain way, and I think he broke the mold because. When I tell people my story, everybody's not only shocked, some people can't speak for days, yeah. you know, and yeah. say, how is it possible that you're even still alive? Yeah. Well, Peter, I think it's amazing, um, your story. I think what was um, what really stood out to me and what you said is that you've, you've recognised God in this. You've recognised yeah. that, you know, you still, you still believe, you know, some people would completely just turn away from him and... Uh, I understand I see that but God sees you God sees your pain and I think it's amazing that you're using that to share with others um God does turn our pain into purpose I don't understand sometimes why we go through certain things that we do in life but what I do know is that God always turns it around for good mm. and that's what he's clearly doing in your life Peter and, and I thank you I thank you for coming on this podcast Thank you for being so vulnerable with us and sharing your story. I know that it's going to move so many people, just like it's moved me and thousands and thousands of people on TikTok. Um, you are an inspiration. You are a strong man. You are confident, resilient. You are um, definitely an inspiration to many, many people. And I know that you're just going to keep continuing to set people free. So thank you so, so much. Did well, what you Sorry, go on. Yeah. Well, what I'm um, I'm, I'm hoping in yeah. the future, 
to do motivational um, talks. So oh. if anybody if, if anybody wants to hire me to go to the school to speak or whatever, yeah. I'm available for that. And as I say on my on my page is a go family page, so I can pay for the ghostwriter. So yeah. I'm asking for support, please. I've never had support in my life. I'm, I now have it from my TikTok friends, which is wonderful. My TikTok yeah. friends are unbelievable. So I'm asking everybody who hears this to please, please, please help me in in any way you can. You know, yeah. I'm ready to I'm ready to tell the world now. I'm ready to face the world. I'm ready to tell my story because I know it's not only going to heal me. Yeah. It's going to help many, many other people. So please support me. Definitely. Thank you so much, Peter. And that's exactly what I was going to say to every listener out there. Please do support Peter. Help him. Um, go and check out his TikTok. I'll put it all in the description box please. as well. Yeah. And um, Peter will share it as well on here. And I think he's mentioned it um, throughout this podcast, his yeah. username. But please do go and, sh- and support him. You know, donate as well to his GoFundMe page. He wants to get a ghostwriter because he wants to share his story. And also let's help him. Like he's been in difficult uh, situation his whole life. And um, mm. if you go and check out his videos, you will go and see um, exactly what we mean and what we're talking about. Um, but again, thank you so much, Peter. Do you just want to quickly share your social um, socials, your TikTok and your yeah. uh, well, um, page? Yeah, right. It's uh, TikTok. It's Peter Woods and it's four five one one and there's a gofundme page there and i think i think there's a paypal on there as well you know so basically any support would really help me it's going to a very good cause it's for the ghostwriter but also uh because of the stress was so bad i chewed away my upper teeth so all my teeth on the top are chewed away and i really can't smile or eat well so uh, i do need some upper teeth and that costs a bit of money so i basically need all your help and all your love but also kind words i mean i'm not i'm not used to kind words so please you know i'm on tiktok so please you know anybody who hears this please get in touch with kind words okay Yes, definitely. Thank you so much, Peter. And just as he said, go and show him some love, show him some kind words. Guys, let's work together. Let's work in unity and as a community and let's help support this amazing man. We can clearly see he's been through so much, but enough is enough now. God is using his story to set so many people free. And we've got a great opportunity here to help this man, to help him so much just donating to him um, for food, for living expenses, for his teeth, as he's said, and um, uh, for his ghostwriter. And just let's just help him live a better life. Like, let's just help support him and just love on him, guys. But yeah, thank you so much, Peter, for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing your story, as I've mentioned. Um, to all the listeners there, I will list his socials down below in the description box again. And just share around this episode, share around this podcast. And if you want to come on here and share your story, share your pain, then please do get in touch. So thank you once again. Um, and thank you, Peter, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>